Welcome to Scandal Water, where the tea is hot and the conversation lively. Your hosts, Candy and Ashley, will discuss a peculiar story somehow related to the entertainment industry. This podcast might not change the world, but it just might satisfy your thirst for an intriguing tale. Oh, it's that time of day. Tune in and hear what the ladies say. It's time to bend your ear when the silver screen appears. Stories about the stage and screen and everything in between. So come on and join the fun. The curtain opens in three, two, one. Hello, Ashley. Hello, Candy. Happy tax day. Happy tax day. Is it happy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Mine are in. Oh. Which is, so that makes me happy. Yeah, I, do you not have yet. yours filed yet? No, not yet. I actually, my sister helps me. Thank you, Sherry. And I, we just filed last night. Oh, wow. Literally. We'll probably night. be this weekend. As you guys know, we record ahead of time. So no, it's not tax day. And I'm saying <laughs> my taxes aren't in. No, they should be by the time this airs. Well, because of the timing, yes. Ashley noticed I did. a while back. She was like, this episode will come out on tax day. Yep. So she had a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Would you like to share it with them? What our topic will be today? Tax scandals. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sometimes I deviated just a little bit. Mm-hmm. We might have tax or money scandals. Oh, okay, okay. But we thought this would be a little fun yeah. for today. So what are some of the famous money or tax scandals that come to your mind? Well, the one Ashley? the one I think about most recently is the one with the college admission scandal. Mm-hmm. And Wesley Snipes did something. I don't know the story, but I know he had some kind of tax issue. And in our Jaws episode, didn't we talk about <laughs> him having having a tax issue and he couldn't leave the country <laughs> well he was trying to avoid it he kept he could only work so many days yeah and so he would fly to yes. canada yes so that he didn't violate whatever regulation yep. was in place against him and that was robert shaw we're talking about yes yes yes, yes. Okay. the great robert shaw you know i didn't remember this until i started doing this research but we also touched on another tax issue mm-hmm. with our judy garland episode oh we did yeah do you remember what happened with her no what did what happened well i i didn't remember remember the details either. Mm-hmm. I remember that we talked about at the end of her life, she was having serious financial difficulties mm. and she ended up having to do a lot of those concerts and performances to try to make money. Mm. So I did look this up for this episode. Yeah. And what I found out, this is so sad. She actually was accused of not paying her taxes in 1951 and 1952. And of course, it took them a while, I guess, to call her on this. Uh-huh. So it was around 1964, where according to several sources, she received a $4 million tax bill, which obviously she could not just pay. Mm -hmm. So they ended up, the IRS that is, repossessing her home. Oh no. So they got a lot of her money in that way. And she lived in rental homes or hotels or motels basically the rest of her life. life. That's awful. And then she still needed money, obviously. Mm -hmm. So that's when she started doing a lot of performances, trying to bring in the cash. And in fact, one source said that it was because of these financial difficulties that she actually landed one of what they called the biggest talent deals in TV history at that time, which was the Judy, Judy Garland, Garland show. show. Yes, for CBS. Mm. And it was it was for big money. Yeah. Well, I guess in this case, the tax problem led to something good. I'm sorry that she went through it, but it did give us a lot of her later material. That's a point that they actually said in the source. Unfortunately, the show only ran for one season. No kidding. Yes, it aired 26 episodes before it was canceled. Mm. But they said that the quality of mm-hmm. what she produced mm-hmm. during that time was was wonderful and they're so Mm -hmm. glad that we do have that Mm -hmm. but in terms of her life she only had one year of that and then she was back to trying to make money through the stage and concerts and all those things yeah she had a she had a very difficult time so when I thought about more current Mm -hmm. examples have you been noticing the scandals the word right Mm -hmm. the scandal that's been in the news within the last like six months or a year which one the college the one I was talking about we're gonna come back to that one okay that one actually started several years ago okay that's within the last five years But within the last year, there's been a lot about the Chrisleys. Oh no, tell me about them. Do you know who are they, they are? A reality Chrisley knows best is I think the name of the reality show. Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't I'm, have I don't watch that. No. I've never watched it either. No. But I had seen it in the news. Mm-hmm. 
apparently IMDb told me that this is a reality TV show that ran from 2014 to 2022. So what? I know it was out there a while, apparently. And the IMDb summary says, Chrisley Knows Best follows Atlanta-based self-made multi-millionaire Todd Chrisley, his devoted wife, Julie, and their five children who live a seemingly picture-perfect Southern life with everything money can buy. But... What's been in the news is that in June of 2022, a jury found Todd and Julie Chrisley guilty of fraud, tax evasion, and conspiracy to defraud the U.S. They were accused by investigators of submitting false documents in order to request bank loans, and they they used a production company to hide their income from the IRS. Oh, see, you remember our Greatest Fears episode? This is like on my list. It's like, I don't want to defraud the government. I don't know if I defraud it every time we do our taxes. I'm like, am I right? Oh, gosh. You know, you're so scared. It's stressful. Yes. Yes, you do want to be accurate. Well, I mean, and some people don't want to be accurate. I do. I want to be super accurate. Please don't come after me. Same. But these two ended up both being sentenced to prison and reported to a federal prison camp in January. A prison camp? Well, this said, my source said they reported to the federal prison camp Pensacola. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like somewhere I don't want to go. Right. Well, Todd Chrisley is serving a 12-year sentence (sighs) while Julie is serving seven years. Oh, my gosh. And just two days ago, Saturday, 2023, there was a Today Show article that was centered around this same scandal. But the angle was that apparently a woman named Abby Miller, again, I don't know her, but apparently she was one of the stars of a show called Dance Moms. Oh, is she the one that everybody memes about, the dark-haired lady? I don't know. I don't know who she is, but she's a mess. Oh, well. I don't know. It might be her because it sounds like things were kind of a mess with her as well. But she told Entertainment Tonight that she had given advice to Todd Chrisley before he and his wife started their prison terms and apparently what she had said to him now it was not a direct contact it was either via email or text messages something uh-huh. like that but she said quote i said be careful if they want you they're going to get oh, you gosh and the reason she knew was because she served eight months in a prison herself oh my gosh from 2017 to 2018 after she was convicted of concealing assets from the bankruptcy court and then there was also another count of failing to report an international currency transaction that came from the department of justice oh my gosh so hey this- l- hang on let me see if this the lady that I was thinking of. Oh, I think it is her. <laughs> yeah, this is when everybody would meme about kind of like a, a stage mom persona. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, things did not go well for her. She did plead not guilty in October of 2015 to concealing close to a million dollars in income. No, don't hide it, guys. Mm -hmm. That the investigator said she had earned during her lifetime show, Dance Moms, and also spinoff projects that she did. And this was was while she apparently was going through Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Oh, no. Yeah. So as I was researching and I was coming across some of these very recent examples of tax issues or money uh, scandals, but also some that were much, much older, I realized I had a lot more to work with than I thought. (laughs) That's a shame. (laughs) But but like you, I started with the one that I feel has been most sensationalized within the last five years. Uh And that's the one you referenced, which actually has been nicknamed Operation Varsity Blues. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about next. Okay. So what do you remember about it, Ashley? Uh, Just very surface level. I think what was happening is these celebrity parents were, for lack of a better term, kind of fixing the books and saying that their children were proficient in things that they were not proficient in in order to get them into elite schools. Or Mm. they were paying people to fix their test scores or to say that they like participated in sports that maybe they didn't actually participate in, all in an effort to get them into a Ivy League school. Yeah, and I definitely think that that was part of it. But when I started reading researching this, I found out a lot that I did not know. Okay. In fact, to me, and again, this is Candy's perspective doing the research, it seemed to come back to a mastermind named Rick Singer, mm. who who put this whole scheme together mm-hmm. and then lured in some of these celebrities or business people mm-hmm. to take part in it. Okay. And of course, they did, they which, did. which, you know, they're guilty of doing that. Right. But I'm going to start with this fella. What I discovered was this man, Rick Singer, was the owner of the college counseling and prep business known as The Key. And he was also the C- 
CEO of the Key Worldwide Foundation, which is the charity connected to it. So using those organizations, he figured out a way to get the children of wealthy parents into, as you said, so it was top wealthy. universities. Didn't yeah. have to be celebrity. It was just mm-hmm. wealthy. Just wealthy. Okay. If you had the money. Okay. You could he had take... the way. <laughs> exactly. He had the key. Yes. And so his plan had two major parts to it. Okay. One aspect of the scheme was cheating on standardized tests, such as the SAT or the ACT. How so, do you do that? Oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you. Okay. Well, let me hear it. Let me hear Rick it. Rick has figured it out. <laughs> The other way that he figured out that you could get people into these schools, children into these schools, was by bribing college coaches and administrators to falsely say that these kids were recruited athletes. What are they going to do when the kid shows up and can't even do a basketball or row a boat or whatever they said they can do? That's why you had to have the coaches and the admin in on it. Oh, Because sometimes they didn't even play that sport, as you've just alluded. Uh Uh-huh. But because they were recruited athletes, it got them accepted into universities like Yale, Georgetown, USC. And it worked. Actually, this worked for quite some time. Really? Yes. We'll talk about how it worked in a minute. But just to kind of piggyback on this, in a June 2018, conversation with a parent, Rick referred to his plan as a, quote, side door into college. Now, we know this because a lot of this information came out in the court documents. So a lot of things that I'm about to share, it's because they were in court documents or transcripts from the trial. But he says, again, this is more quotes from Rick, there is a front door, which means you get in on your own. Mm -hmm. The back door is through institutional advancement, which is 10 times as much money. And I've created this side door in. So what he did to conceal the payments from these wealthy people was Mm -hmm. he or one of his employees would tell the parents to give the money to the key worldwide foundation as a charitable donation yeah that's that's just like one of them vague names that you don't even really know what it is Mm -hmm. it's just the key what's the key key? key. what is this right it could be anything could be anything so this money of course was used to help pay off these people Mm -hmm. who were participating right exactly Mm -hmm. but here's the real kicker because it was being given to charity it could also be a tax break to the parents because it was you know a, a contribution to charity they could but write that off on their prove taxes what your charity is don't you have to say can do you just get to declare i'm a charity like hey i'm a charity guys give me i have no idea how that works but i'm gonna guess that he knew how to make I it look so. like it was legit he probably knew how to do the paperwork mm-hmm. because this worked for quite some time what I is mean, quite some time i don't know how Decades? long i don't know how long he got okay. away with it i didn't look that up okay but for a while Mm. this was working they're coming for you rick now when he was brought to trial prosecutors alleged that rick singer took in more than 25 million dollars from his clients he paid bribes totaling more than 7 million and he either transferred spent or otherwise used more than 15 million of his clients money for himself Wow, he is the charity. Mm. Rick is the charity. <laughs> yes. Rick is the key. He was. Oh my gosh. Now, here's here's how it worked. For the first part, that cheating on the entrance exam part, yes. he arranged for someone, a lot of times it was this fella he had working for him named Mark Riddle, who Riddle. was also, by the way, charged with two conspiracy counts. But he would have this person secretly take the test in that student's place or replace the responses with this guy's own responses. Now, obviously, in order to do that, you had to have test administrators yes. in on it yes. with you. So they bribed them. Oh, my gosh. In fact, two people who administered SAT and ACT tests in Los Angeles, and this one of them was actually at a public high school in Houston, are both accused, were both accused, because now it's in the past tense, of accepting bribes to allow this man, Mark Riddle, to take the test. Both of them were charged with conspiracy to commit Mm -hmm. racketeering. It's not worth it, guys. It's just not worth it. It's just not. Now, parents who hired Rick as part of that scheme, allegedly paid between $15,000 and $75,000 per test. Again, this is from the court documents. Oh my gosh. Now, once he was caught, Rick began secretly cooperating with investigators. He was a little fish going for the big fish. Mm-hmm. And that's how he helped himself while he brought down all these other people. Rick. He worked with the FBI to record hundreds of phone calls and meetings, which then led to the arrest of dozens of parents and athletic coaches in March 2019. All right. You know what? Rick and Herb Stemple, they go in the same <laughs> little puddle. They kind of look alike. Oh, 
Well, a 2019 CNN article said a total of 50 people were charged in the case. Again, two of them were those SAT, ACT administrators, one exam proctor, nine coaches at elite schools, one college administrator, and 33 parents. Wow. And as we've already said. Two of them are pretty famous. Very famous. Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin. So how did the the wives get charged and not the husbands? Well, so Felicity Huffman is married to William H. Macy. Mm-hmm. And obviously they had to go for evidence. And mm-hmm. they apparently did not have any phone calls, emails, any type of evidence that connected William H. Macy. Mm. So he actually was excluded from this. He okay. did not get brought into it. Okay. Lori Laughlin is married to Mosimo Giannulli, I think you would say. I'm sorry if I missed pronounce that but he is that famous american fashion designer who founded the mosimo clothing company that you can buy in stores yeah Mm -hmm. target carries it for sure and he was charged as well because they had evidence that he participated i'll come back to this in a minute when i give you more details about Lori's case but here for example is one piece of evidence that they used against her husband they had an email from him where he wrote to rick singer saying quote i wanted to thank you again for your great work with our older daughter they took her name out she is very excited and both Lori and i are very appreciative of your efforts and end result Mm -hmm. so it's an email like that Mm -hmm. that brought him into it because it said he participated or at least you know he knew about it i wonder if william h macy even knew about it if there's nothing to connect him i'm gonna say this is just my image yeah that he probably did but his wife was handling everything okay and because of that he was not charged okay but back to some of the details around this they did name this case operation varsity blues and felicity actually participated in that first scheme that we described she was involved with the cheating on the the entrance exam Mm -hmm. okay so according to court documents she made a fifteen thousand dollar payment to key worldwide foundation which was designed to help her child sophia get into the college of her choice felicity basically paid money for a proctor to assist sophia on the sat exam which we're not sure if it was having somebody take it in front of her or changing the answers for her. Uh-huh. But either way, Sophia's final score on the exam was 400 points higher than when she took it without the so-called proctor. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Now, Felicity's trial was held in May of 2019, and she was sentenced to 14 days in jail, 250 hours of community service, and also afterwards, she was sentenced to be on supervised release for one year. Mm. She's served that. Mm -hmm. She actually ended up only having to stay in 11 of the 14 days because there's something about if it's time. Yeah. If it falls on a weekend or they let you out a little early, but Felicity took full responsibility. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. In fact, after the judge sentenced her, she made a statement. One piece of her statement said, quote, I accept the court's decision today without reservation. I broke the law. I admitted that and I pleaded guilty to this crime. There are no excuses or justifications for my actions, period. And then CNN shared a different part of her statement, which said, quote, and I especially want to apologize to the students who work hard every day to get into college and to their parents who make tremendous sacrifices supporting their children. That's good. That's mm-hmm. a good apology. That's that's not, there's no buts. There's no howevers. There's just, I am sorry. I'm especially sorry to these people. Yeah. And taking full accountability. Absolutely. And we'll come back to this in a little bit. But I think another piece of this was the fallout on their children mm-hmm. and the fact that their children... It makes them look terrible. And I have a little bit about that and their responses okay. to what their parents did. Okay. So we'll come back to that in just a minute. But first, we're going to move on over to Lori Laughlin. Her case involved the second scheme. Oh, okay. so they said that she was an athlete and she wasn't? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. So both Lori and her husband were accused of paying bribes totaling $500,000 in exchange for Ooh, actually they went to the high end. both their daughters oh. designated as recruits to the University of Southern California crew team. Even though they did not row competitively or even participate in any mm-hmm. type of rowing mm-hmm. crew, according to the complaint that was filed against them. And the parents sent Rick Singer photos of their daughters appearing to, to row right yes now rick singer then facilitated bribes to a lady named donna heinel who was the senior associate athletic director at usc who then got the students into usc as recruited athletes what do they do do they go to the, do they ever show up at practice and they just sit on the bench or what's the 
deal. I don't think they had to do anything. I think this was all just... Just to get them in. Just to get them in. Have we now excluded some other athlete that could have made it in because they actually could do this? I don't know that, but I I doubt it because since they had the key coaches and administrators in on it, Mm -hmm. I think they just worked out this deal where it was So they took the other athletes and these two other girls were just... They were just there. Kind of under the table. It okay. was just like, this is just paperwork. Okay. This is okay. just paperwork. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So at first, Lori and her husband fought it. They both pled not guilty. But after about a year, Lori Laughlin ended up pleading guilty. So did her husband. And that was in 2022. They admitted to paying that money to get their daughters into USC under false pretenses. Mm-hmm. Lori served her two-month sentence. Oh, at the two months. Mm-hmm. At the Federal Correctional Institution in Dublin, California. Her husband, again, fashion designer Mosomo Giannulli, also pleaded guilty to a conspiracy charge as part of his plea deal. He had to serve a five-month sentence. Now, Lori was also sentenced to serve two years of supervised release, perform 100 hours of community service, and pay a fine of $150,000, while her husband was ordered to serve two years of supervised release, perform 250 hours of community service, and pay a $250,000 fine. Mm. So they had follow-up in addition, Mm -hmm. obviously, to the jail time. Mm -hmm. At her sentencing, Lori also apologized in tears. She said she believed she was acting out of love for her children, but she now realized she had only undermined them, as well as contributed to inequities in society Mm -hmm. and then she added this is a quote that realization weighs heavily on me and while I wish I could go back and do things differently I can only take responsibility and move forward Mm. Mm. I think Felicity's was a little bit better because she immediately caved to it and said basically like you're right you got me I'm sorry but she lied for a year and mm-hmm. said, oh, no, we're not guilty, not guilty, until whatever happened. They had enough evidence, I guess. And then they finally right. went, okay, we did it. Right. And I, I'm sure there was probably fear of the fallout. Mm-hmm. Sure. But again, Felicity was facing the same fallout, and mm-hmm. she just accepted it mm-hmm. and, and went ahead and said, I did it. So I did find a whole article that was focused on the students, the kids. Okay. And here are just a few highlights from this. One of Felicity's kids is the one I've already mentioned, Sophia Grace, and she was 18 when the college admissions scandal broke open in 2019 and was one of the kids most affected by it. Because, again, Felicity had to acknowledge, you know, this was so hurtful to her own daughter, Mm -hmm. in this case, Sophia, other parents and and children as well. But another piece of Felicity's statement that I have not shared yet, she said, One of the hardest things I've had to face after my arrest is when my daughter found out what I had done and she said to me, I don't know who you are anymore, Mom. And then she broke down and asked, Why didn't you believe in me? Why didn't you think I could do it on my own? And then... Felicity said, I had no adequate answer for her then. I have no adequate answer for her now. I can only say I am so sorry, Sophia. I was frightened, I was stupid, and I was so wrong. So they're indicating that the daughter did not know? I think that's actually the case with all of these daughters. No kidding. Right. This was something that the parents did under the table. But when she went to take the test, if she had a proctor, does the pro- I thought a proctor meant they sat there with you. Oh, okay. So she went and took the test and it was a certain score. Then they sent somebody else to take the test and it was 400 points higher than what she'd done on her own it worked one of two ways uh-huh. either she took her test and then her answers got replaced uh, with better answers okay. or she took a test at some point but a this guy in some cases mark Mr. Riddle, riddle or somebody else took the test and their score is got what replaced. she got mm, okay mm-hmm. so yes there was definitely a way where these girls could have not known this was happening i do wonder about the pictures of them right in a rowing row. but but could that have been something where the parents were like we want a picture of you doing this or, that, or, or let's go rowing for the day and right. here I'm going to take this picture. Who knows? I don't know. Right? Now, back to Sophia, though. She's Felicity's 18-year-old daughter at the time the scandal broke. She attended Los Angeles County High School for the Arts, ended up retaking the SATs, and was accepted into Carnegie Mellon University. That's pretty good. But she decided to take a gap year before starting off at the school. Went back later. She enrolled in their drama program, and she has done really well. In fact, she landed a part in Jordan Peele's anthology series, The Twilight Zone. Ah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So she's sort of doing it on her own and going exactly. to the school she wants to go to, taking her life in her own hands. I like that. Now, they had another daughter, Georgia Grace Macy. She was not quite 17 when her mother was arrested in connection with the scandal. And according to court documents, 
she was about to have the same proctor scam happen with her. That was something that had been in the works, although she decided not to do so. But they caught Felicity on starting to set it up. Okay. And then Felicity changed her mind before she got caught or after she got caught, she changed her mind. I don't know that don't part. Don't know the timeline. Okay. Yeah. But they said in this article, Georgia made sure to take the admissions test on her own. She ended up getting accepted into Vassar, a private liberal arts college located in Poughkeepsie, New York. And the article pointed out that she must not have held it against her mom or parents because there was a November 2022 Instagram post where she shared pictures of her family and it had the caption, I must have done something good in a past life to deserve a family like this in this one. Hmm. Now, in terms of Lori's daughters, she has two. I've already talked about them. Bella and Olivia did support their parents during and after their prison sentences, speaking out in the media about the treatment, especially their mom was really vilified, I think. Mm-hmm. And they Well, they... I think it's because her mom had had such a pure image. She worked for I think it, I don't know if it was the Hallmark Channel or she, she had yes. she had a show and it got canceled and of course she mm-hmm. was Becky on Full House for so long. So she had this very sweet image and yeah, this would almost affect her more because you presented yourself in a way and you were not that way. Mm -hmm. Well, in addition though, they did support their parents, but they also talked about how incredibly difficult this was on them Mm -hmm. and the backlash that Mm -hmm. they received because of what happened Mm -hmm. with their parents. In fact, in a 2020 appearance on a show called The Red Table Talk, Olivia admitted that she was afraid of talking about the scandal because she thought she would get canceled again. Mm. And she stayed off social media for a while. Actually, both sisters did. Mm -hmm. But Olivia has now returned she has a youtube channel and she competed actually on dancing with the stars in 2021 Mm. so she's kind of come back into her own i think she has a a podcast as well one of the things she addressed in her podcast was she told her listeners there was a misconception about her grades and she wanted to tell them she was a good student and she worked very hard to get where she was Mm. and this is a quote I don't even think I've ever said this publicly, but in high school, I had straight A's. I worked really hard at school. So she wanted that to to be put out there. Mm -hmm. So Lori's second daughter is Bella, and Bella ran a very successful fashion blog before she started doing some acting when she was very young. In fact, she made her debut alongside her mom, Lori, in the 2016 Hallmark film, Every Christmas Has a Story. And then they also performed again together in 2018's Homegrown Christmas. Hmm. Bella likes acting she likes being involved in all the different types of performances so when this whole scandal broke again it affected her as well both girls were in usc at the time and they dropped out for Mm -hmm. a time in fact Mm -hmm. in 2019 the usc registrar confirmed that both girls were no longer enrolled Mm. so at least for a time they just dropped out she deleted her instagram and she talked about how both she and her sister were hounded by paparazzi and shared that her boyfriend who she described as her first real love broke up with her four days after the controversy started and this was a quote from bella it was really hard to go through a breakup and then also have something even bigger and honestly more important on top of it because all i wanted to do was cry and mourn my relationship and i couldn't the only thing that helps you through the healer is time Mm -hmm. now She's doing well again now. Years have passed. A few years have passed. She's back on social media. She, I think, also has a podcast. And it sounds as though both girls have forgiven their parents as well, Mm -hmm. although both of them will address misconceptions when they hear them. When people Mm -hmm. say things about your grades or this happening, Mm -hmm. they will both speak up. Okay. So just to wrap up this little part on Operation Varsity Blues, let me tell you what happened to Rick Singer. Rick Singer. (laughs) Say his name with that tone, like Newman, <laughs> like Herb Stimple, Herb Stimple, Rick, Singer. Rick Singer. Well, here's what the prosecutors said about him: He was the architect and mastermind of a criminal enterprise that massively corrupted the integrity of the college admissions process, which already favors those with wealth and privilege to a degree never before seen in this country. Wow. Yeah, it was a pretty strong statement about what he did. It took him a while. He was sentenced more recently, but according to CNN, he ultimately was sentenced to three and a half years of prison time, three years of supervised release, and forfeiture of over $10 million. Oh, I 
was going to say three and a half years. That's not much. But then he had to give up all his money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so that probably hit him where it hurts. Yeah. Thinking about the impact, obviously this, <laughs> this embarrassed yeah. universities yeah. terribly. It put a spotlight on some of these under the table things that are happening in the admissions system and, and the way things are sometimes rigged for mm-hmm. people who have money mm-hmm. and wealth. It talked about some of the ways parents will break the rules, bend the rules. Yeah, the ways that parents are willing to do mm-hmm. to get their kids. The links they will go yes, to. Yes, yes. And I think, you know, good has come from it because now things have tightened up. Mm-hmm. I, there, there was so much embarrassment. There was so much scandal. I think that obviously that scheme and that whole method of, of doing things probably is, is not going to happen anymore because... Mm-hmm. They'll figure out a different way. (laughs) Well, and and they may. Yeah. But so much of it, I think, I think just the awareness, Mm -hmm. just the fact that now people know this is happening. They also know you're going to get caught. Yeah. And it's going to be terrible if you do. And embarrassing. And I think it's also brought it up as an ethical dilemma that people didn't even really think about before. Well, we actually have a few other money scandals that we'll talk about just very briefly. Okay. But why don't we take a break first? All right. Hey guys, we wanted to let you know about a new perk we're offering to our 1993 club members. We're starting something called This, That, or The Other, where our 1993 club members get to choose the episode topic when given three choices. For the fifth Tuesday in May, the options are number one, the Barrymore family legacy, number two, new Mickey Mouse Club stars, or number three, celebrity talk show hosts. If you'd like your voice to be heard, simply visit www.buymeacoffee.com coffee.com slash scandalwater pod to join the 1993 club before May 1st. Cheers. And we are back. We are back. All right. Are we ready to talk about a few more money scandals? We are. I keep referencing Herb Stemple. And it's because if you guys haven't heard, we did an episode really, really early on where Candy explained the game show scandals. And I got so... wound up because I didn't know this was a thing but it's there's something about further in the past makes it funnier you know Mm. and now listening to this modern scandal it's just like I'm just sad for these people Mm -hmm. it's just sad like guys gosh so I guess time and distance lightens the mood about scandals but this is still so recent that it just makes me not even funny upset it's just like I'm upset yeah it's not fun no some some scandals have no victim. Yeah. They, like some game show scandal. It's like, eh, it's a game show. It just doesn't feel as much as these children's lives. And we're armchairing way too early, but that's, that's where my head is right now after the break It's listening to this stuff. I, I feel like we can make fun of things more. I don't, I don't mean make fun of like in a negative way, but just make light of something that happened in the past. But this stuff is like, guys, guys, this is people's lives. These mm-hmm. are your children. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, since the ones in the past are a little easier. Yeah. I thought I would, I'm throwing several at you here, okay. but I'm going to start with one that's in the past that you may not know about. Tell me. Sophia Loren. What? Sophia Loren, the most perfect woman, <laughs> the most perfectly built woman. Okay. Well, then you will like how this ends. All right. Here we go. Forbes magazine had a little article on Sophia that shared information I had no idea. She was accused of criminal tax evasion that occurred in 1974. Now, she claimed she was innocent Mm -hmm. and that if there was a mistake, it was not her fault. It was the fault of the person who prepared her taxes who had since passed away Uh. because several years had passed by this time. But they said, nope, you're guilty of this. And they wanted to put her in jail. Uh. So she voluntarily surrendered in Italy and actually was jailed in 1982, serving 17 days. One source said it was 18, but either way, 17 or 18 days of her 30-day jail sentence. Under Italian tax law in 1974, this is what they got her for, her advisors calculated that she owed tax on 60% of her income, but tax officials said that it should have been 70%. So that's what they got her for. Now, she continued to fight. She served her jail time. Yeah. She kept saying, and I am innocent. Uh-huh. And in 2013, the court finally ruled in her favor, oh. saying that she had been improperly prosecuted and jailed. Good for Sophia. Yeah. We love Sophia. But Lewis. it took until 2013. That's awful. That's going to haunt you. That's that's a lot of time. Mm. I think something like that happened to Doris Day, didn't it? She was married to Marty Melcher and he was taking care of all of her money. I don't know if it was taxes, but he was taking care of all of her money. And then he died and she found out she had no money. Oh. Yeah. Gone. Well, that's awful. Well, here's another one you'll probably remember more mm. recently. Martha Stewart. No, I knew she went to prison. It was over 
over uh what was that it was the um insider trading insider trading yes mm. well before that in 2002 she was fined a total of two hundred and twenty thousand dollars for failing to pay taxes on her east hampton home guys you gotta pay the money and then it <laughs> wasn't long after i know it was give it, it to them you have it, it was, you have the money <laughs> It's not like you're broke. (laughs) Well, here's what I found out about her. She had a lot of money, Ashley. So she ended up serving five months in prison for a non-tax related crime, which was the 2004 insider training. She was supposed to have been a billionaire. What? A billionaire. With a B. A B. Before all this happened. And of course, she lost a lot of money. Yeah. But now, as of 2022, poor thing only has a measly 400 million. (laughs) So you mentioned oh. Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah. Right? He went to prison for tax stuff. That's how they got Al Capone too, isn't it? Taxes. That is exactly right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Pay shit. your taxes, folks. It's tax day. <laughs> Don't mess around. That's our... <laughs> we'll see you next time. Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. They will get you. Oh, man. I mean, it's serious. It is. I had no idea. I'm telling you, I could have chosen so many people to highlight mm-hmm. in this episode. I was picking and choosing <laughs> left There's and so right. There's so many people who have done this. I mean, it was... It was kind of concerning oh so wesley snipes who is probably best known for playing blade Mm -hmm. in the blade movies was sentenced to a total of three years in prison in 2008 for his failure to file millions of dollars in past tax returns he filed for an appeal in 2010 but he was denied and he began serving his sentence in december of that year was released in april of 2013 after serving approximately two and a half years that's a long time it is a long time oh gosh it terrifies me. I thought I would end with one that I thought was really interesting. What? Your face is looking so <laughs> pleased. Nicholas Cage. Oh, poor Nicholas. What does he do? What did he do? He has a castle, doesn't he? Have he like has a bunch everything. of castles. He's just so interesting. He is. So I was like, I have to do Nicholas Cage. <laughs> So, poor old Nick. Okay, <laughs> what did, did Nick do? Uh, what hasn't he done? <laughs> um, did you know that his uncle is Francis Ford Coppola? I did, yeah. Okay, and that his original name was it's Coppola, Coppola, but he changed it to Cage because he was actually trying to avoid he was. nepotism. Sure. Okay. Not well, like the people that were casting didn't know, hey, that's Coppola's nephew. Just the public didn't know. All right. I think everybody knows he's had financial trouble, mm-hmm. but I didn't really understand how or why. I found an article, most of this I pulled from a GQ article where they interviewed interviewed him so it came mainly from Nick Cage himself okay but and I also liked how well this was written so I'm going to give you a few quotes from this GQ article which is in our show notes if you would like to go read the whole thing Ashley would you mind reading this little intro from this GQ article Here's the excerpt. Here he is. The man they say gained and lost a $150 million fortune who owned castles in Europe and the most haunted house in America What is that about okay mm-hmm. future episode and the shah of iran's lamborghini and two albino king cobras and a rare two-headed snake nick uh, <laughs> who had to return his prized dinosaur skull upon learning it was stolen from mongolia who went on an epic quest for the actual holy grail and who when his singular fantastical life eventually comes to an end will be laid to eternal rest in a colossal white pyramid tomb in new orleans nicholas cage greets me at his door wearing a kung fu suit because of course he did <laughs> isn't that Wait, great okay let me absor- absorb this <laughs> i know i read it but now let me absorb it he had a, a what kind of dinosaur did you have a t-rex did you have a triceratops stolen from mongolia so i don't remember the details he went on an a- epic quest for the holy grail and we don't have that in a movie yet well hang on so okay. back to the dinosaur yeah fossil apparently one of the sources said that he outbid leo dicaprio to get it oh okay and then after paying all that money and getting it finds out it's stolen and has to return <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did he get his money back i bet not i don't think so oh wow that's see that's and leo's of- going <laughs> i missed out on that well so what he is so well known for is exactly what you just read. Yes. Everybody who talks about Nick Cage, they talk about how quirky he is. I want to see that movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I want to see that. Yes, I haven't seen it yet either, but I especially do now after doing this research. But this article, this interview, so good because Nick got to clarify mm-hmm, some things. Mm-hmm. And he says, he says it was not all of his extravagant, crazy purchases that did him in financially. Mm-hmm. He felt like his main problem was that he made really bad real estate decisions. Oh. You're right. 
I did not include this here, but they listed all these different properties that this man had bought, castles, mansions, I mean, stuff everywhere. He was paying a lot of money for a lot of things. Upkeep alone, the taxes mm -hmm. on the property. And paying more than probably what they were worth. And then he pointed out when the 2008 crash happened and you're trying to get your money back Uh and people are not going to buy these properties. Yeah, who wants a castle? Right. So his problem got worse, much worse after the 2008 crash. Well, in 2009, he sued his former business manager for allegedly, this is what he said, leading him down a path toward financial ruin. Mm -hmm. But that guy countered with a suit that basically said he couldn't control Nick Cage's crazy spending. You're Nick Cage, man. You, you, you're in charge of your own life, dude. If you're going to buy that stuff. Nobody made you buy the dinosaur skull. Right. (laughs) They dismissed both of those suits the following year. And here's where the taxes come in. Nicholas Cage also owed the IRS around $14 million, but also owed other creditors millions more. So he was Hurting. Yeah. Hurting. Now, to his credit, I mean, I guess, because honestly, I don't know anything about this, but he refused to file bankruptcy, even though some people were telling him, you need to, but it was kind of a point of honor or pride Pride. with him that he didn't want to do that. So he started taking on all the movie roles. Any movie. Any movie. I could probably have cast him in a movie at some point. I could have called him up. Hey, Nick, I missed my chance. He's very likable in this article, though, because one of the things he talked about was he was also going through a, I mean... In addition to the financial problems, it was a really tough time because his dad had passed, he was grieving, and his mom was having some severe issues cognitively, and Mm -hmm. she was elderly, and he was paying a lot of money trying to, yes, trying to take care of her. So here's another quote from this GQ article. What followed his father's death and his financial ruin was a decade-long odyssey to do as many movies as possible for as much money as possible to pay his debts. Yeah. Movies which sometimes had summaries that began, John Milton escapes from hell and steals Satan's gun. Whoa. In the years since going broke, Cage appeared in 46 movies, an experience he likens to, quote, a conveyor belt. Mm -hmm. By comparison, in that same time, Brad Pitt made 19, Tom Cruise 11, and Leonardo DiCaprio 9. Wow. Yeah. He was on a conveyor belt. Poor baby. He was one movie after another. Yeah. He's so quirky. But what he pointed out in this article, he said, first of all, he he seemed a little bitter towards Disney. Mm-hmm. He said... National treasure. Especially, yes. Mm-hmm. He said that he wasn't supported by them. That it felt like when his problems were starting, he just kind of got dropped. Yeah. And he had to take the roles that he was offered. Mm-hmm. A lot of those were video on demand, but he was taking them. And he also made a big point about the fact that he was giving them his all. He would take jobs. Yeah, he, and it he gives everything to every mm-hmm. part. He, he does. He made the point. He even used the phrase, I was not phoning it in. Mm-hmm. Here's a quote from him in this article. When I was doing four movies a year, back to back to back, I still had to find something in them to be able to give it my all. They didn't work all of them. Some of them were terrific, like Mandy, but some of them didn't work but I never phoned it in so if there was a misconception it was that that I was just doing it and not caring I was caring Mm -hmm. now he finished paying off all his debts about three years ago good job and as you've said he made that movie the unbearable weight of massive talent which got some great reviews yeah Pedro's in it too Pedro Pascal I saw that he was so that's where Nick is right now and I thought that that would bring us to our armchair Armchair psychologist. My question for you, Ashley, yes. we've already kind of been armchairing a little bit here yes. and there already. Why do you think so many famous people, celebrities, end up getting into financial situations like these? Oh, I think it's a couple different things. I think one of them is entitlement. I think they start believing their own press and thinking they deserve things. And when the more money that they have, I think they think, well, I'll just pay for it. I'll just buy mm. this because money buys them the stuff. I think the second thing is they get bad financial advisors. Mm -hmm. So there's two different venues. There's people who get in trouble because they trust too much and Mm -hmm. they just hand over their money to someone, a singular person usually, and say, just take care of my finances. I just don't, uh, just give me an allowance or whatnot. Like what happened with Doris and other people Mm -hmm. like that. There's been lots of people who just hand their money over and then find out they don't have any money because Mm -hmm. they have been scammed. The other is entitlement. That's Mm -hmm. the, the two that pop into my mind as to a broad stroke. How do you get into this trouble? 
That's mm-hmm. my thinking. You know, that was a really good answer off the top of your head because, <laughs> yes, I agree. Entitlement, falling into that trap of thinking that money can buy you everything yep. and, and stopping to think about where you are with your moral compass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that right or wrong? Is that ethical or unethical? Mm-hmm. Just getting... It gets more and more slippery the more money you have. Yeah, getting very comfortable with, mm-hmm. oh, well, if I'm able to do this, it must be okay, mm-hmm. as opposed to really thinking about right and wrong. Right. But I'm going to piggyback on the second point you make because that's the one that resonated with me. As I was thinking about my own answer to that question, I was reminded, I had a conversation with, he's actually a coach, but a friend of ours, there's a show on ESPN, which I think is called 30 for 30. And he loved it. He was talking to me about it. And he specifically recommended this one particular, I don't know if it was an episode or a series, but it was focused on all of these athletes, star athletes, professional athletes who end up going broke Mm, because bad investments. Nobody has, nobody expects to become a millionaire. Sure. Or multimillionaire, or in some cases, billionaire, if you're Martha Stewart. Mm -hmm. But when you do, as you said, nobody teaches you how to handle it. So a Mm -hmm. lot of times you do trust the wrong people, Mm -hmm. or you just hand over your money, or you mismanage it yourself. And so I actually looked this up because I I was kind of drawn back to that idea of all these, these pro athletes who lost their money. And here was an interesting quote that I found. According to a 2009 Sports Illustrated article, 60% of former NBA players are broke within five years of retirement. By the time they have been retired for two years, 78% of former NFL players have gone bankrupt or are under financial stress, sucked into bad investments, stalked by freeloaders, saddled with medical problems, and naturally prone to showing off. Many pro athletes get shocked by harsh economic realities after years of living the high life. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's also true of celebrities. Because because a lot of times you you are you're at your peak. You're in a bubble. And you are living the high life and you have all this money coming in and then And you think it's gonna come in forever. Exactly. And it doesn't. Uh -uh. Things start slowing down. You stop getting all the wonderful mainstream A movies coming your way. Right. But you if you don't know how to handle your money or if you have trusted the wrong person it's gone it's gone it was just gone and what do you have to show for it two-headed snake and a (laughs) dinosaur skull that you had to return Maybe he could put his two-headed snake, like, you can put it on display and people could pay to look at it. I don't know. Okay, I didn't include this, but I read about the two-headed yeah. snake. He bought it for $80,000 no! and found out that in order to feed it, he had to put a spatula between the heads because they would fight over no! it. So he had to end up giving it away oh, almost immediately Nick. after paying $80,000 because it was too much to deal with. And I, I want to say he gave it to a zoo and it just recently passed. Oh, God. But that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing. $80,000 for a two-headed snake that you then give away. Yeah. Because your spatula doesn't keep it from (laughs) fighting during its feeding time. (laughs) Nick. Oh, Nick. Okay. Well, so. Call us, Nick. There's still a chance you can be in my movie. I'll write one for you. I promise. So, all right, let's go back to Operation Varsity Blues. Okay. What what do you think we learned oh, from that? Oh my gosh, what did we learn from that? <laughs> do the right thing. Trust your children. Let them go where they want to go. Let them take the test on their own and be their own people. Stop trying to buy their future. I don't know. What do you think? That was pretty well said. I do find it heartbreaking because while I obviously think it was just terrible what was done, I really feel like those parents thought they were doing something out of love. I do think you? I do. I okay. bet you they thought we are doing this to help our children. We want the best for them. We are doing something they thought uh-huh. with great intent. You don't think it was just that entitlement? Oh, I think that was definitely part of okay. it. I think that's that's underwriting all uh-huh. of that. But I think, how do I put this? You've got your subconscious and then you got your conscious. Mm-hmm. I think their conscious mind is telling them, you just love your child so uh-huh. much. You just want, you want what's the best, best for, them. for them. And I think it was such a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. On top of jail time, all the yeah. penalties, just tearing your family apart mm-hmm. um, in some ways. I'm sure they had to repair so many relationships. Mm-hmm. Just all of those things, in addition to all that, it was probably this huge awareness of you also need to understand your own motives. Right. You are not even coming from the place you thought you were. Yeah. And I'm sure it was absolutely devastating for the parents as well as the children, for, for all of them. Yeah. Um, so the lesson 
Yes, I agree. Wanting what's best for your kids does not mean buying them things or always giving them the easy route. Right. It means helping them to become people of character, people who understand how to function and do well in life because they have to make Mm -hmm. hard decisions and struggle sometimes. Yeah. And, and do and do the right things themselves. Right. You know what? Before we cheers, it just hit me. Mm-hmm. One other thought that I'm having is, you know, while I'm sitting here thinking about it was it was a really bad thing to do. It really yeah. was. But at the same time, I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, the, the two that I relate to because I've seen them on TV mm-hmm. are Lori and Felicity. And they've now served time. They've now been embarrassed. They've now apologized. They've done all these things. And so one thought I am having is I do think people... People learn from mistakes. Sure. I think that people can grow. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm also hoping that this has been yeah, like a really valuable don't... experience to them too, as pe- you know, as people who as people... learn from your mistakes, like we all do. Right. And we don't ever want to do an episode where if if Lori and Felicity tuned in, I hope they don't feel like we are judging them or pointing fingers at them. We're not. People are people and you're human, you make mistakes, and it sounds like you guys have learned from it. So we're happy for you and we wish the best. We don't want anything to happen to your careers. Like, you know, keep moving forward. So who are we going to cheers, Ashley? Mm, well, I mean, just off the top, I want to cheers Nick Cage. Of course. He's just, he's just delightful. And talk about learning from your mistakes. And he accepted his bad financial decisions and he didn't declare bankruptcy and he got himself out of debt. And I'm really proud of him. Yeah. I really you know am. What? Good for him. Yes. That's a great work ethic. He he paid every bit of it he off. He did. He took the jobs and now he's gotten himself, as we said, into after taking... <laughs> Maybe some that were not quite some so good ones, some stinkers. Last year, a really solid one, yep. and we're let's hope he's back on an upswing. Yep, let's do it. Right. Cheers to you, Nick Cage. Cheers to you, buddy, and your two-headed snake. <laughs> if you love what we do, please rate and review our show, or you can become a supporter by making a donation through BuyMeACoffee.com/scandalwaterpod. Whether a single gift or a recurring monthly donation. It would go a long way towards supporting our work and allowing us to keep the tea brewing. At our website, www.scandalwaterpodcast.com, you can submit questions or your own story ideas, access our sources and show notes, see the merch we offer for sale, and more. You can join the Scandalwater community through our Scandalwater Podcast Facebook page or follow us on Instagram or TikTok at Scandalwater Podcast. This episode was executive produced by Candy Thomas, that's me, and Ashley Raymer Brown. That's me. It was researched and written by Candy Thomas and edited by Ashley Raymer Brown. A special thank you to Josh Martin, who wrote, composed, and performed the Scandal Water theme and other music. Matt C. Adams, who created the artwork, and Joshua Reith, who designed our website and provides ongoing technical support. As a reminder, this podcast is purely for entertainment purposes. The thoughts and opinions of the hosts during each episode of Scandal Water are their own and do not reflect the opinions of any future guests advertisers, or clearly professional psychologists. Thanks for listening.